Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Talking Chop Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you're listening, you have an outstanding day starting off. Listen, the thing about it is we want to talk with you about baseball news, but there's nothing to report. We're in the we're starting out the lockout. It's unfortunate. It's happening. We don't know when an end's going to be in sight, but at the very least, we've still got content here for you. And I'm excited to start a bit of a podcast series with one of my favorites when it comes to Braves Twitter. He's at Braves Herbert. He was he was one of the very kind folks that helped me get into Talking Chop, and he also is a co-host with Dylan Short on the Platinum Sombrero podcast. Adam Herbert, better known as Doc Herbert, has been kind enough to join me for this show of the Daily Hammer. Doc, how are you, sir? I am marvelous, Sean. Thank you so much for having me. The real question is, how are you doing today? I'm I'm doing fine. I I don't know if you noticed, but about, I think it's coming up on six weeks. As a matter of fact, 41 days ago, the team that you are so passionate of a fan of and the team that I'm so passionate of a fan of, they had a good game. They won a World Series. The 2021 World Series champions, Atlanta Braves, as a matter of fact, I think is the distinction they earned. Do you remember that night? Oh, just vaguely. Refresh my memory, if you would. <laughs> that it was uh, it was something that I, I was actually having a conversation uh, with a coworker earlier today about it. He was talking about as he's a Ottawa Senators fan, and he was lamenting that his team never wins a title. And I said it was 26 years between ours, and somehow it was worth it. Every year that we went into the off season with disappointment, they were all worth it because we finally got the title. It'd just be nice if that when the Braves won a World Series, it wasn't at the same time that a lockout occurred so that we could truly enjoy being able to, to, to make the most of this. But let me set the stage a bit for this series that me and Adam are going to be doing. Uh, previous conversations over the past few years when I've really been able to be lucky enough to start to interact with folks such as Adam, all the folks at Topping Chop, Talking Chop and Braves Twitter in general, me and Adam have had conversations before about the different trades that have allowed, but for the Braves to be able to put the roster together that won the World Series. And I've been thinking about this for a while. And then Adam had, or Doc had the name Trade Trees, where one move led to another, led to another. And I wanted to talk with him about the different instances over the past several years where the Braves made decisions that helped put this World Series roster together. And I think that that's something that Doc enjoys as well. These trade trees where you move off one move, make another move, make another move, and you wind up with the pieces that played such an integral part in this World Series run, Doc. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And when a lot of the time when trades get made, they they just are kind of very insular and they don't turn into anything. But when you're looking at a team that's rebuilding, you're looking at somebody that had big name players that they they could have made the decision to uh, either extend or trade and initiate the rebuild. 2013 was actually like a really good season and they had some really hard decisions to make going into the 2014 season. And because of those, you're looking at the 2021 roster and a lot of the fruits of all of those trades that were made almost a decade ago are part of the reason why the Braves were able to turn the 2021 season into a World Series. And so we're we're going to call this series Retracing the Steps to a Title. And he's hitting exactly right. The first time we're going to hit get into our little time machine and like it's a Marvel movie, we're going to go back on the timeline. We're going to go back to 
that offseason, after the 2013 season, I believe that was the Juan Uribe year where he hit the big home run. We lost at Dodger Stadium, went down 3-1 after a very successful season. But then going into that offseason, obviously this was a couple of seasons into having traded for Justin Upton, having signed B.J. Upton. Obviously, Justin held his part mostly. B.J. Upton was a disaster. But then, Doc, we get into that 2013 going into 2014 offseason, and some decisions had to be made. Jason Hayward had two years before he was a free agent. I think Freddie had two years. He may have been three. But Justin Upton also had two years before his rookie contract was also up. So the Braves had decisions on the main part of their offense. They had some decisions to make about who they really wanted to invest into to carry the offense moving forward. And and just the way that you're painting it, you can kind of start to see where the cracks were. And even even coming off of that 2013 season, they went 96 and 66. And it, coming off of a, a, a season where you win the division and you've got a bunch of really solid players, independent of contract status, you look around at that roster and you can say, wow, this is a really good team because that was the Evan Gaddis year. That was a year that Chris Johnson actually was okay. Uh, Angleton Simmons was there. He got extended. Julio Tehran, Tim Hudson. I mean, there were some really good names. But because of the lack of the farm system, and two years ago, Bobby Cox had retired. After the 2012 offseason, Chipper retired. And in that Justin Upton deal, they traded Martin Prado. And then after 2013, they lost Brian McCann and Tim Hudson. So a, a real lack of leadership. And there was nobody on the farm. So things might have looked okay on the surface, but if you kind of start to peel back the layers of the onion, you see this can get real ugly real quick. And Hayward was, I mean, Hayward had the most electric beginning, maybe in the history of this entire franchise. Right. And, and a lot of people remember that and, and that entire season, uh, you know, 2010 through 2012, he was, he was pretty good, uh, dealt with some shoulder injuries. And he also, I remember in 2013 is when he got hit in the face by John Neese. So, he kind of had that that thing where it's is he injury prone is he unlucky what is is he underperforming because he's injury prone or because he's unlucky well, you know what are what are we going to do here and then you look at Freddie who is just starting to carve out that niche of you know it was a few more years before he became like the quiet superstar but you could see this is a really good player and he doesn't have a lot of holes in his game so and Hayward was very very highly vaunted prospect and Freeman was top hundred and higher, higher than that really. But he, he was, um, he just never had the fanfare. It's kind of mimicked his entire career. It wasn't until he kicked the door down and won the MVP in 2020 that people started to finally take notice of, Oh yeah, this guy is really, really good. And, and the Upton deal, that one, that one kind of hurt because he ushered in what looked like it was going to be a new era. You know, the, the home run happy braids in 2013 and not just, Upton, but Hayward and Freeman and Ugla and Gaddis and McCann was still there. And it was just the team looked different. And uh, and it kind of looked like a full team of Justin Upton, somebody that can carry a team for you for six weeks when they're hot and then is just dead weight on a roster when they're cold. So even for as good as that team was, something had to be done. So when they decided on Freddie over Jason, I think – and and then everybody was, was waiting for the for the Hayward extension after that because Kimbrell got extended and and like I said Tehran and and Simmons got extended as well and it just never came, and then the team started seventeen and seven, 
and then just completely fell apart. So that when they traded Hayward, I think everybody was pretty, pretty resigned to that fact already. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Yeah, and, and, you know, as I mentioned, you know, the thing is, is that it, it really came to that fork in the road when it came to after the 13th season, because I think you're right. It was more of an all or nothing approach with that 2013 team, where if everybody was clicking, it was a team that could play with anybody in baseball, but it was so inconsistent. And there well, you had the Chris Johnson, who probably was more of a mirage because he was getting very lucky. There just, there was a lot of good, but there was also some questions about it. Like you said, cracks in the foundation that when it came to that thir- 2013 offseason, you saw Tim Hudson leave, you saw Brian McCann leave. I really think the Braves were just sur- searching for consistency and they wanted to find that consistency in the aspect aspect of the game that's going to create the most value a lot of time and that's offense and that was spreading if you look at the offense of Jason Hayward even up to that point or Justin Upton even up to that point there was a lot more consistency in the bat of Freddie Freeman with how good of a season he had there and just to be honest I think that's why the Braves wanted to invest in his offense versus in the hot cold nature of Justin Upton or the defense of Jason Hayward as the long-term cornerstone for this Braves team starting in 2014. No, absolutely. And and he'd had that really special relationship with Chipper too. And I, I think that there there might have that might have kind of been designed where you look at him and you see like who is most likely to carry the torch for the next really successful wave of Braves teams. But and like I said, you look down on the farm and you say, Well, we're either gonna have to sign a lot of free agents or it's gonna be a while before we have any good Braves teams because there's nobody on the farm. But Freddie just that he doesn't he's not like the super jovial guy that's going around hugging everybody anymore. He doesn't, he doesn't do that as much, but he, he always had that. He still has that really affable, really just seems like the face of a franchise, you know, like, like the, the type of guy who you would just want to be there. And that's not a knock on Jason Hayward or Justin Upton. It's just, if you're looking at the three, you're contrasting personality versus contract terms uh, versus performance. I mean, Freddie wins on all of those categories, I think, you know, so he was, he was logical. He was a really logical one. And this also was before if, if uh, Frank Wren had any thoughts of a rebuild, um, you know, you kind of couldn't really see it. It took him getting fired. They didn't even wait till the end of the season to fire Frank Wren to, to fully initiate the rebuild. So I think that the, the people that were making the decisions were 
bound and determined to say this cannot continue. Look, I know we just gave Kimbrell all this money. I know we just gave Freddie all this money, but something has to be done or we're going to be in the cellar for a really long time. And I think that you hit the nail on the point and that, you know, he had the really close relationship with Schiffer, but when you mix in personality that gives their all for the game and all for the team, personality that wants to be there with the team, that's passionate to being about a brave and obviously a person that people like, and that's only grown through the time that Freddie Freeman has been a brave and also the bat as well. The thing is, and like I say, we'll get into the trades that eventually occurred with Hayward or Justin Upton. This isn't, we're not waiting for the sequel. Everybody knows what eventually happens. But the thing that I'll say is this, Doc, is that I think to a level higher than any of us may have expected, the Braves made the right decision as to who they extended back in that offseason of 2013. I think 41 days ago proves that point to be correct. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, and and like like I said, that's not a knock on Hayward or Upton, but for this franchise, where they were going, what they needed at the time, there's no guarantee that when they did start tearing everything down, that if they had made the decision to keep Justin Upton or keep Jason Hayward, that he wouldn't have gone to them, either wouldn't have gone to the front office and said, "This is this is not what I signed up for. I want to be traded too. I'm, I'm not sticking around for a couple of years of, of being in the cellar." And that's not to say that Freddie didn't ever quietly behind closed doors go go to new new management and say, "Guys, what? Why did you do this? This this is completely counter." But he was never public about it. It wasn't like Nick Castellanos basically trashing Detroit and also talking bad about the stadium before he got traded. He just he just stayed very buttoned up, very professional, and took a long time. But uh, he eventually reaped the benefits of of doing so, and now. You know, we don't have to get into the into the contract negotiations or anything like that. But because of all that, because of the service that uh, Freddie had for the organization, you know, it would be hard. It would be hard to see. It would be hard to see him go anywhere else, knowing that he was pretty understanding, benevolent. Just took one on the chin and said, "I have faith that, that this will eventually come home to this will come home to roost in a good way." Um, I actually don't know whether or not roosting is inherently good or bad. So I felt like I needed to uh, point that out, but yeah, I mean, he, hopefully, hopefully he comes back and we can, we can just kind of run it back and it's, it's not going to be. Thanks for the memories. Thanks for just putting up with it. And you know, here's $135 million for your troubles. I feel like he's earned a lot more than that. Yeah. And I, and I agree with you completely. Let's put it to this. And I know that Freddie Freeman past his prime but the thing is is that we say that you logically would think that the man won an MVP in 2020 and had you know and even almost as good of a stretch at the end or from June till obviously the you just won a World Series and at the end of the day Doc every time that you made the choice to invest in Freddie Freeman and feature Freddie Freeman I think things have worked out so I agree with you sign Freddie freaking Freeman. Doc, this is going so this is going to be the first in several episodes and I will have Doc will be my most frequent guest obviously because I'm looking forward to retracing the steps when it comes to conversations preparing for these podcasts. But next what we're going to do, we've set it to where this decision of extending Freeman over Hayward 
or Upton put moves into place that led to many significant trades in the middle of the 2010s. Doc and I will be back with our next episode, probably around Christmas, discussing what exactly happened with Jason Hayward. But Doc, before we get there, do want to say, first off, happy holidays to you and your family. Where can folks find you and and Dylan and the Platinum Sombrero podcast? Great work. And what all things do y'all have planned with not much content out there baseball-wise? Well, uh, on Twitter, I am at Braves Herbert, uh, spelled just like it sounds, uh, all E's, no U's. Uh, we also are at TPS underscore podcast, and my co-host Dylan Short is at Dylan X Short. And for, as far as, you know, we, uh, for the first, I think, two or three years we did the podcast, we would do off-season episodes every week. And then going into the 2020 season, we probably said Chris Bryant's name a thousand times and he doesn't play for the Braves now. So we decided uh, after la- during last off-season, we're just going to move to uh, doing every two weeks, every three weeks, just kind of as news hits and with there being a lockout. Uh, we're going to record an episode this week, but I actually don't know. <laughs> I don't know how long it'll be or what we're going to talk about. So uh, anybody who is... Uh, who I am just now being introduced to through the Daily Hammer. Uh, we hope to see you over at TPS, and thanks for listening. Yeah, I can't speak enough to Doc in terms of, uh, I'll be honest, I've not had the pleasure of meeting the gentleman before, but just in terms of interactions, there's not many that I've met, if any, that are more kind and knowledgeable and passionate when it comes to the Braves. So any chance you get to reach out and meet with Doc or listen to him, you're going to be better off for it. So Doc, his name is Adam Herbert. We call him Doc, but thank you so much. Check him out on the Platinum Sombrero Podcast, and he'll be back with us soon. Doc, thanks so much for joining us for this of the first of many, retracing the steps to a title. Yes, sir. Thanks a bunch, Sean. Look forward to doing it again soon. For Doc Herbert, my name's Sean Coleman. You can find the Daily Hammer on the Talking Chop Podcast Network at TalkingChop.com and at Talking Chop across all forms of social media. My name's Sean Coleman. Find me at StatsSAC. You can find Doc at Braves Herbert. Until next time, we'll talk to you again soon here on the Daily Hammer. <laughs>